go. Welcome to Lifelines, the radio program of the Pennsylvania Pro-Life Federation. I'm your host, Maria Gallagher. With me today is our Education Director, Bonnie Finnerty. This show is being broadcast on JMJ Catholic Radio Stations, the only Catholic radio stations in Northeast Pennsylvania. Welcome, Bonnie. Thank you, Maria. It's so good to have you with us today. Now, Bonnie, tell me, what is your first memory of the pro-life movement? Well, Maria, now... I live in Harrisburg now, but I grew up in Scranton in northeastern Pennsylvania. Um, And Scranton is very much traditionally a pro-life town. Um, And I grew up in a a Catholic family um, that was pro-life. But I have to admit, it wasn't something that we overtly talked about a lot. Um, But I will tell you that one of the strongest memories I have from my childhood is actually the Pennsylvanians for Human Life Scranton chapter. Um, I remember seeing them represented at different places, like the Scranton St. Patrick's Day Parade, or getting their newsletters to our house and, and looking over them as, as a child. Um, so I really appreciate now as an adult that they had such an influence on me and my family, um, because they're actually one of our chapters. They are, and, and they're one of our longest-running and uh, most active chapters in the state of Pennsylvania. People may know their president, Helen Gosler. She's really a legend. Um, she won our award one year for her lifetime achievement in pro-life. They do fabulous work there, and, and we're so blessed to have them with us, sharing that goal of eliminating abortion and infanticide and euthanasia. Now, Bonnie, was there a specific moment when you joined the pro-life movement, or have you always been part of it? Um, I feel like it was always in my heart, and I kind of feel that all children actually are pro-life. I think sometimes that's a sentiment um, that comes undone. The world unteaches that to us. But as I said, that was kind of nurtured in my childhood, so I I think I was always part of it. I I do remember in high school a controversy erupting at my public high school um, that a health teacher had wanted to show uh, a movie on abortion. It might have been Silent Scream because it was in the mid-'80s. And I remember hearing girls... um, retaliating against that notion, not feeling as though that that was appropriate. And I remember myself feeling like I was okay with that, that if if abortion was going to be something that was available, people needed to know what it was. So I, I didn't get heavily involved in that controversy, and I have no idea if that actually even happened at my high school. But I, that was one of the first times that I remember just kind of mentally taking a position that, yes, this is something we need to make sure we understand what it's all about. And I think that's true for a lot of people. I think that they are initially aware of the pro-life movement in high school. That, that seems to be mm-hmm. a time when that information finally gets to them. Mm-hmm. Um, now, some people are very fortunate. They know about the pro-life movement from the very beginning, and um, they, they recognize um, the sanctity of the life in the mother's womb and the importance of the movement to protect that sanctity. But a lot of times... Unfortunately, people just aren't aware of the vastness of the pro-life movement until they reach high school. Mm -hmm. 
Now, Bonnie, you had a personal encounter with the pro-abortion movement when you were in college. Can you explain about that? And actually, you had more than one experience, so go ahead and talk about those. Sure. Well, the first one was when I was a freshman at Bucknell University. Um, I had a boyfriend still back in Scranton who would come to visit me occasionally. And um, that very first Thanksgiving of my freshman year, I had a positive pregnancy test. And um, it was administered by the campus doctor. Um, And when she gave me the results of that, uh, you know, a million things were going through my head. Of course, I I realized this is a life-changing moment. Um, And she actually was very cold in her delivery of those results. Um, And she didn't really ask me many questions. She told me I was pregnant. She didn't ask me about my boyfriend or my family or my faith or how I felt about it, she just told me that I should disrobe and get up on the um, table for my pre-abortion examination so that she could see how far along I was. And two weeks before this, she had been on my hall to tell the the young women um, on my hall that um, abortions were available at Evangelical Hospital in Lewisburg and that she could help us access that if we ever felt, if we were ever in that position. So um, here I was, you know, 18 years old, sitting in this office with this woman who doesn't know me at all, and she wasn't giving me any choices. She really just gave me one choice. Um, But by the grace of God, I I knew, and and perhaps it was because of my upbringing and it was the Holy Spirit was with me at that moment, I knew I was already a mom. I knew there was a life inside of me that was growing. And I was able to tell her that, you know, that's not going to be an option for me. And she didn't really quite understand why I would react that way. I think it was very different than the normal reaction. Um, But I left her office that day, and I did what I I felt should be done next. I went home and I told my family and my boyfriend, the people who knew me and loved me, and I knew that they would help me sort that out. So that that was my first experience. Um, I then transferred to the University of Scranton, which is Jesuit College, um, and I had a wonderful experience there. But... I came in contact with the pro-abortion mindset at this Catholic school, um, surprisingly, in my ethics course, um, which was part of our philosophy requirements that we had to take as a student. So in our ethics course, we studied all kinds of controversial issues, and we always tried to study both sides. Um, But this particular professor um, was very pro-abortion, and so here I had had, you know, just had had this unplanned pregnancy, which I um, carried through and gave birth to a beautiful little girl, and my boyfriend and I got married, and now I'm sitting in his class, and he's giving us all the arguments why abortion is a good option. Um, and in a way, that was really a very constructive experience for me, I guess, because um, I remember in my Blue Book exam, when they used to do Blue Books way back when, um, I don't know if they still do them today, but I remember at the end of the course writing a little note to him saying, I appreciate you giving me all these arguments in favor of abortion because there was not one that I didn't feel I could argue against. And so you really kind of helped me, you solidified my pro-life position by giving me the counter-arguments. So, um I'm not sure how he felt about that, <laughs> but it kind of gave me um, assurance that there really wasn't 
any argument he could provide that would sway my opinion. Now, Bonnie, how important do you think family support is when someone is facing an unexpected pregnancy? Well, I, I was certainly blessed to have it. I mean, my, my husband and I were really blessed. Not that things were easy, not that our parents had resources, not that we didn't struggle, but we at least knew emotionally that they were there for us, um, and they provided whatever they could, um, which was a blessing. Um, but I, I would have to say that I wouldn't want a young woman um, to, to discount other resources that might be available. I know personally I've done some volunteering and some work with Morningstar Pregnancy Center locally, which is a pregnancy resource resource center, and we do have them all throughout Pennsylvania. Um, And I know my work there has shown me how supportive these resource centers are for young women and young families in need. So while family is very important, and we cannot underestimate that, Um, I do realize sometimes it takes families a little while to come around and accept the idea of an unplanned pregnancy, Um, but there's also other means of support, you know, reaching out to um, extended family, to friends, to people in the community, and asking for help um, from the Pregnancy Resource Center. I mean, they are there exactly for this reason, and we are blessed to have so many of them in our communities. Now, Bonnie, based on your experience, what would you say to other young women who are undergoing an unplanned pregnancy? Oh, that's a really good question. Um, first of all, I would say, you know, you are not alone. Um, and, and, and don't let fear drive your decision-making. Um, I think a lot of times that's, you know, our fear is what drives those decisions. And just to take a step back and know you're not alone, that people will be there to help you, to walk you through this, and that whatever decisions you make today will be with you the rest of your life. So that, you know, either way, whether you you keep this baby, abort this baby, give this baby up for adoption, these are life decisions. And you have to think about, you know, 30 years from now, where will I be and how will I look back on this time, um, you know, there, there are worse things than getting pregnant. Um, you know, sometimes people think, oh, this is just the worst thing that ever happened. There, there are worse things that, than, than getting pregnant. Giving life is a really beautiful thing. Um, and, you know, it's not that you're going to be a mom. You already are a mom. So I would say protect your child and trust that this will be a, a a beautiful experience for you to give life to this child. That's wonderful. Now, Bonnie, switching gears a little bit, what made you decide to become a teacher? Well, I I was already a mom, really. I mean, I was in college, and I had the, the, the beautiful privilege of returning to college after having my daughter because my family did support us, um, and they helped us with them watching her. So I had to decide um, what I wanted to do, and... I think there are primarily two reasons I chose to get into education. First of all, I was blessed with the Scrant School District um, growing up in the 70s and 80s with fabulous teachers, um, really great role models, really good people who took an interest in me and encouraged me. Um, and so I have a, a great debt to pay to them and just a lot of gratitude. They were great role models. And I think secondly, 
I was searching for a family-friendly profession, um, having already had a daughter, knowing that my husband and I would probably want to expand our family. Um, I wanted to, to get into a job that would allow me to, um, that was family-friendly, and I felt teaching was that position. Now you're teaching people about life issues. Now, can you explain what your job entails? Sure. Sure. Well, um, our mission here at the Federation is to um, educate and to lobby for legislation regarding three main issues, and that's abortion, infanticide, and euthanasia. So as the education director, my job is to educate through either print media or electronic or social media or conversations or presentations, um, lessons, to educate people on those issues. Um, And, you know, as we know, there is a lot of inaccurate information. Some people call it fake news that circulates around the Internet. So it is really important um, to make sure people are um, receiving accurate information about these life issues. And so that's primarily what I do. Now, what surprised you the most about working in the pro-life movement? Oh, wow. I um, I think since starting this job, there's been two things that keep coming back to me as, wow, I can't, I can't believe this. <laughs> um, and I think the first is I have really begun to realize um, that there is a tremendous slant in the media, a media bias, um, which I think I knew was present before. But with a lot of the um, current legislation, pro-life legislation in the various states that are going on now and all of whatever happened with um, Judge Justice Kavanaugh's um, nomination with, um, with the New York law, with the recent controversy with um, Representative Sims. I mean, I think I am just repeatedly startled at the mainstream media's refusal to be even-handed in their reporting. So I guess I shouldn't be as surprised anymore, but I, I am over and over again. Um, and I think the second thing is that um, I I am startled by just the sheer denial of science on the part of people who support abortion. Um, it's a settled science. I, I believe every medical textbook in our country at every uh, medical school states that life begins at conception. You know, we, we know so much more about embryology today than we did in 1973. We understand so much more about fetal development. And I, I guess I, I'm just kind of surprised by the refusal to accept science when it is proven and settled. This show is being broadcast on JMJ Catholic radio stations, the only Catholic radio stations in Northeast Pennsylvania. This is Lifelines, the radio program of the Pennsylvania Pro-Life Federation. I'm your host, Maria Gallagher, and joining us today is our Education Director, Bonnie Finnerty. Now, why did you decide to apply for the position of Education Director, Bonnie? Well, I was really entering a new stage in my life. Um, I had homeschooled our youngest child for the last two years, and I was preparing to send him off to high school. And I was discerning prayerfully about where God was leading me. Um, And it didn't seem that going back into the classroom was where he wanted me. Um, And I I was really yearning to do a little more work in the pro-life movement. I wasn't sure if that was going to be volunteering or, or what it would entail. And then I got this wonderful email that my husband sent me, and it was the advertisement for the, pro, for the education director for the Pennsylvania Pro-Life Federation. And he said to me, 
oh my gosh, this this is a job for you. I could see you doing this. And so I quickly pulled together my resume and a cover letter and I sent it off. Um, I just was really hungry to do something in the pro-life movement. And, and I'm so glad I did. And I feel so blessed to be here and be working with the Federation. We are so very fortunate to have you as well. Now, recently you embarked on a town hall tour. Can you tell me some of your best memories from that event? That was such a fabulous experience. I, I, I cannot say enough about it. To be able to go all around Pennsylvania and meet people who are working day in, day out, totally committed, whether it's at a um, chapter, one of our chapters, or uh, a pregnancy resource center, or 40 Days for Life, I just met so many wonderful people who are on the front lines every day doing beautiful work, um, defending innocent life, um, supporting mothers, helping fathers. It was just so gratifying. And I, I was overwhelmed with the excellent turnouts we had at the town halls. They, um, so many people came out and, you know, on a Monday night or a Tuesday night or just in the midst of very busy schedules after a long day of work, and here they came to listen and to share and to ask really good questions. Um, so it, it was overall just a wonderful experience. But I in particular remember one young couple who came, and they really made an impression on me. Um, as they entered our, our meeting area, it looked like they, they were kind of new and kind of scouting out, trying to figure out what was going on. And so I introduced myself to them, and they had explained that they had not been previously attached or involved in the pro-life movement or the chapter, but that they had seen the movie Unplanned, and they knew they could no longer sit on the sidelines, that they felt they wanted to do something. And that is what brought them out to our, chap- our town hall that night. That's tremendous. Now, you recently completed judging of the Pennsylvania Pro-Life Essay Contest. What was that like? Oh, Maria, it was amazing. It was amazing to read, you know, over 100 pro-life essays from students grades 7 through 12. The students were so amazingly informed on current issues. Some wrote about abortion. Many wrote about infanticide, having, you know, been aware of recent laws that have been passed. Many have written about euthanasia um, and doctor-prescribed suicide. Um, some wrote about stem cell research. And I, I was amazed at uh, the level of passion, how informed these students were, how well they organized their thoughts. And, you know, I'm a former English teacher, so <laughs> I kind of feel like I have a high bar. Um, and yet I was really, it was, it was actually very difficult to pick semifinalists. Um, and it really was encouraging me, to me, too, to know that there's so many young people out there who are speaking for life. So it, it was fantastic. And those essays, the winning ones, will actually appear in an upcoming edition of Lifeline, yes. the print publication of the Pennsylvania Pro-Life Federation. Yes. So that's very exciting. Now, you recently completed judging of the Pennsylvania Pro-Life Oratory Contest. What did you discover uh, judging that contest? More of the same. I mean, these young men and women are unbelievably articulate on life issues. I mean, I could honestly say... Listening to some of these speeches and reading some of these essays, I learned from these students. Um, and again, it was really hard to choose a winner. They, 
all had their own style. They all had their own um, information that they included, but each one of them spoke with passion and conviction, and it just is so encouraging to know these are going to be our pro-life leaders of tomorrow. Yes, it must give you tremendous hope to know that there are these students out there who are so passionate about the pro-life movement. Oh, absolutely. Now, you've been speaking about pro-life transforming our culture. Tell us about your impressions of the movie Unplanned, which some of our listeners might have seen, some may not have. Mm -hmm. Well, Unplanned, just to give a quick synopsis, is the story of Abby Johnson, who worked for eight years as a Planned Parenthood employee, even rising to the um, level of uh, clinic or center director. Um, And she was so committed to Planned Parenthood's mission um, that she was actually selected employee of the year. Um, So here she was, a woman who felt as though guarding abortion rights was something that was helpful to women. uh, women. She was very committed to that. but she had a change of heart, and there were a few different things that led to that. Um, I think one very important one was that she witnessed day in, day out, peaceful, prayerful witness through 40 days of life uh, outside her clinic in Bryant, Texas. Um, and I think that that prayerful um, witness kind of opened a little bit of her heart so that when she didn't ultrasound-guided abortion, and actually for the very first time in her career, Planned Parenthood saw a 13-week-old baby on the ultrasound screen who was moving away from the suction tube and then saw that baby's life exterminated. She, She really realized the devastation and the violence of abortion, Um, And she ran from that room, and she knew she could no longer be part of their mission. Um, And she had a complete conversion of heart. So Unplanned tells that story, and and it does so beautifully. It is a story of conversion and repentance and and redemption. And, And today, Abby has a beautiful ministry called And Then There Was None, where she is helping other abortion workers leave the industry by providing support for them so that they could still support their families. It's not easy to walk away from a salary. So she's trying to help them to do that um, because she believes a lot of them don't want to be there, and she's trying to help them get out. And you actually got a chance to hear Abby Johnson live at that pro-life rally in Philadelphia last week. I did, and she is just so convicted and on fire. And, and, but what, you know, what I love about her, too, is she knows that a lot of, like, there was those 10 escorts standing outside of Planned Parenthood, and she realizes, you know, she was once on their side, and she understands that, you know, what their mindset is. Um, and she's always welcoming. She's always, you know, uh, trying to help other people um, who are in support of abortion to understand that conversion is possible, that truth will set them free. Um, she's just a powerful speaker and just a great witness to the pro-life movement. Now, Bonnie, your family recently watched the movie Gosnell together. What was that experience like? Well, um, my husband and I had seen it in the movies, and, you know, it's a very powerful movie. It's, it's PG-13, 
not like Unplanned, which had gotten an R rating. Um, and um, we decided that, my husband and I decided we wanted to watch it again at home and invited uh, my two sons and my dad to watch it with us. And I have to admit, they, they didn't know a lot about the story. Um, they hadn't been following the newspapers years ago when the Gosnell trial was was somewhat covered, not much. Um, so they really weren't sure, and there was a little bit of reluctance, I think, on their part because they knew enough that this had to deal with abortion. And, it, you know, it's a grave situation, and his story is a very serious, dark story. Um, so I will say that they were a little reluctant, so I kind of made a deal with them, and I said, well, why don't you watch it with us for about 20 minutes, and then if you feel like you don't want to watch anymore, just please leave, no worries, but just give it a chance. And my boys and my dad were glued to the TV. Nobody would even take a bathroom break. I mean, (laughs) they found the movie so compelling and said, I did not know what went on. I did not know this could happen. Um, And even the next morning, my, my dad got up and came out of his bedroom and we were having breakfast together and he said, gosh, I'm, I'm still thinking about that movie last night. You know, it, it has that kind of impact. As well it should because the situation in West Philadelphia was so horrific with guys. Now mm. he was suspected of killing as many as 300 newborn babies by snipping their spinal cords and he was also accused of maiming or causing the deaths of countless numbers of women it really was a horrific story, and, and that became the basis of our move to protect the women of Pennsylvania through our abortion center regulation law, mm-hmm. which as a result of that, uh, six abortion facilities shut their doors because they either could not or would not meet basic health and safety standards. I right. mean, you wouldn't go to a restaurant that had failed inspection 13 times as that planned period in Philadelphia has. Right, right. Yeah, there's no way that someone could watch that movie and say that this is pro-woman. I mean, these women were being manipulated at the most vulnerable point of their lives, and money was being taken for them, and one of them paid for her own death. So, I mean, there's nothing pro-woman about that. And it's unfortunate, but Gosnell is not the only one. As you said, there's many other clinics that have violations, and luckily some of them have been shut down. But really, what we want is all of them to be shut down. Well, Bonnie, you're a fabulous educator and a wonderful human being. How can people get in touch with you? What should they do? Uh, They could um, email me at lifelines at paprolife.org. You could also find that email on our website, which is paprolife.org. Or they can call me here at the office. It's 717-541-0034 if they want to request brochures or need an answer to a question or any sort of information about our mission or what we do. I would encourage them to contact me, check our website, or give me a call. And you can also reach Bonnie through social media. She's active on Facebook and Twitter. Mm -hmm. Pennsylvania Pro-Life Federation also has a Pinterest page, and an Instagram page, so you can get in touch with us that way. There are many ways to reach out and touch the Pennsylvania Pro-Life Federation. You've been listening to Lifelines, the radio program of the Pennsylvania Pro-Life Federation. I'm your host, Maria Gallagher. 
We've been talking with Bonnie Finnerty, the Education Director of the Pennsylvania Pro-Life Federation. It's been wonderful being with you today on JMJ Radio, the only Catholic radio station in Northeast Pennsylvania. And remember, there's always a reason to choose life.